Luke chapter 11. I'm going to be there probably 80% of this sermon. So if you get your Bibles out, turn to Luke chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 1. You get there, say amen. Amen, that's what I'm talking about. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus says, this is how you pray. And he began to speak what is now called the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you. Thank you so much again for the opportunity to get to be your hands and feet, God. Thank you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for health. God, I just ask that you continue to heal this church, the families of this church. God, I know you will, and I know you are. I ask that you continue to do that, God. I claim health over these families from this church. God, help us to also see and understand when you give us times of rest. Help us to soak in that. I struggle with that. I personally struggle with that, God, and I know that I do, and I thank you for humbling me in those moments. I ask that the rest of this congregation doesn't struggle like I do in those situations. God, when you give rest, we need to soak that in. We need to enjoy that rest. And a lot of times, you've taught me that you give me that rest because the busy season's fixing to come. So I praise you in those moments of rest. Thank you, God. God, I just thank you for the season that's coming up and what it stands for. And that's what's most important. God, today I'm walking through and I see a bracelet in the back. It says, keep Christ in Christmas. God, I claim that over this community, that we keep Christ in Christmas. We make sure it is the center attention to Christmas. God, thank you for this season. Thank you for sending your son on that night. Thank you for your son dying for all of our sins, God, because the thing is, we don't have freedom without it. I praise you and I thank you, God. And in this moment, I ask that you anoint me, God. I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head and to the bottom of my feet. That you take all selfishness, pride, anger, anxiety. God, just take it, strip it away from me. And replace it with nothing but your love, your joy, and your breath. God, make sure that every word that I speak today is the message that you've given me and you have prepared for me. I ask that you get me out of the way and that you are the one that is shown through. God, I praise you and I ask all these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us to forgive. Amen. 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 All right. <laughs> you know, there's two men. I'm going to go, I'm going to still try and be funny, okay? There's two men that uh, they're playing golf together, right? And uh, these two guys, they're very involved in their church. Uh, they're leaders in their church. And uh, as they're playing golf, one of them looks at the other, and he said, I'm more spiritual than you are. He looks at him, he says, no, I'm more spiritual than you are. And he said, you want to bet on this? He said, sure, I'll bet you $100 that I'm more spiritual than you are. He said, all right. He said, what's the bet? He said, I bet you can't recite the Lord's Prayer word for word. The guy sits there for a minute, and he thinks for a second, and he looks up at him, and he says, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And the other guy looks at him, kind of shakes his head, pulls his wallet out, and hands him $100. He said, Man, I never thought you'd get that. 
Today's title of the sermon is Warrior Praying. If you notice, I didn't put prayer warrior. I put warrior praying. I think prayer warrior is used a lot. This church, from here forward, everything that we talk about, we're going to talk about what it is to be a warrior in that subject. Tony Evans is a pastor that I absolutely love from Dallas, and I listen to a lot of his sermons. Matter of fact, some of this today is from one of the sermons that he has preached. I listen to him a lot. He is uh, a motivation to me. Uh, anyway, he always says kingdom building, kingdom praying. He always titles his sermons that way. Well, I'm listening to him the other day as I was going through notes for this exact sermon, and I heard him say that, and God said, listen, I gave you a name of a church that you can use as well, and that's Warrior. So today I'm going to teach you guys what it means to be a warrior prayer, okay? What it means to warrior pray, understand? I do want to mention that uh, <laughs> the Lord's Prayer is something, if you, if you go back where we just read Luke 11, 1 through 2, Jesus right after that obviously says the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. We all know that prayer, right? This prayer is said and recited daily, hourly, minute by minute, a million times a day. I have no doubt about that. All over the world. However, this in my opinion is the most open-ended, empty prayer spoken. I want to explain. When you hear this prayer, a lot of you say it just like I did. Quick, to the point, done, right? You ever sat back and actually wondered what it meant? Have you ever taken that prayer and broke it down and, and actually listened to the words and what it really meant? We're going to do that today because here's the thing one of the things that i love about this jesus in this moment is not telling them what to pray he's telling them how to pray he's giving them a structure of what it's supposed to be like to pray don't recite things over and over again we'll get to that i want to go to luke Chapter 11, verse 2, we just read this, but this is how you should pray. What I'm getting at, guys, is literally Jesus says this. He's giving you the outline of how you're supposed to pray. Well, if Jesus has given us the outline, then I'm going to call that a warrior prayer, right? Don't we want to do exactly what he teaches us? We're supposed to mimic Jesus as he walked this earth. We're supposed to follow his guidelines. So when he says this is how you should pray, my ears perk up. We're going to listen to this. When he says, listen, when he says, this is how you should do it, our ears should perk up. We want to live and be like Jesus, right? Thank you. i got two people that agree with me on that. I appreciate you guys tremendously. <laughs> Luke, again, in Luke chapter 11, as he recites the Lord's Prayer after that, Somewhere along the way, in years past, we took that prayer and we looked at it as almost the Pledge of Allegiance. Right? 
I mean, in my opinion, the Lord's Prayer is pretty much the pledge to Christian Christianity. And there's nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. That is a beautiful prayer, and I do love it. And if I ever hear it, I will recite it. But we're going to talk about something that Jesus was not trying to give us a pledge in that moment. He was trying to give us structure and an outline on how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Again, this is Jesus speaking. In other words, don't go to bed at night, wake up every morning, and just recite the Lord's Prayer. That's not how you pray. Go to verse 8. Don't be like them, for their Father knows exactly, excuse me, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. So God already knows what you want before you even pray for it, right? Scriptural. So if you're reciting and repeating prayers, you're basically lying to God. Think about it. Think about it. If you're reciting the same prayer over and over, God already knew what you needed before you prayed it. Now you're not even praying for it. You're praying for something else, and he's like, he's, what? That makes no sense. We can't do this, guys. I want to point something out to you guys as well. Uh, this prayer, <laughs> this one got me. This prayer should not be called the Lord's Prayer. Some of y'all are like, especially you guys with Baptist backgrounds, you're like, well, wait a minute now, what are you talking about? Hear me out, guys. Why would we call it the Lord's Prayer when it says, forgive me for my sins? Jesus can't even pray this prayer. He walked this earth sinless, right? Am I right? This, in my opinion, should be called the Disciples' Prayer. That's just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. But I do know that Jesus cannot pray this prayer. Again, it's a perfect example of he wasn't praying this prayer. He was teaching us how to pray. Because he wouldn't say, forgive me for my sins. The man was sinless, right? More of an example. Just more reason that some of us have been doing it wrong for a long time. Jesus is giving us a game plan or an outline to how to pray. But here's the main thing he's doing, guys. He's giving you an attack plan to go to battle. This is how we fight Satan, right? We fight Satan with prayer. That's the, that's the best weapon that God has given us is personal contact with him on how to defeat Satan. And when you're one with God through prayer, Satan ain't got a chance. But we got to learn how to pray correctly. You have to learn exactly how you're supposed to pray. Some of you guys, this is brand new to you. I know some of y'all are very seasoned veteran Christian warriors, and y'all know all of this. But even you guys that are seasoned, doesn't hurt to be reminded every once in a while, right? I mean, there's a lot of times I get in the routine of prayer instead of the relationship of prayer. We can't be like that. It's all about relationship with God, guys. So I want to look at the structure of prayer. The, this, this, the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer, I will call it, is broken down into three parts. You start with God, 
then you go to you and others, and then you end with God. I want to start with part one where we do. We start with God. I want you all to notice the very first two words, our Father. You know what that tells me when it says our Father? You notice it says our, right? Not my Father. You're not an only child. So when you pray, don't just pray for you. Come on now. That's the biggest problem that a lot of Christians have. They immediately start out with, God, this is what I need. You're my father, no one else's. Our father. We're not only children, guys. When you pray, have the consideration of others around you, right? Good. Every time Jesus prayed, he always started with Father, except for one time. Now, Kirby's standing at the back. It's one of my elders. Kirby, I may be wrong, but I promise you, I've really been studying on this this week. I have not found another time except one that he didn't call him his Father, and that was when he was dying on the cross. And he asked, God, why have you forsaken me? The reason why that is, guys, is because at that point in time, our sins were on Jesus. Jesus was dying for us. And here's the thing. Jesus had to die and take his last breath on that cross so we could call him Father. Before that, you couldn't do it. I want you to think about this. But the great news is, is that when Jesus dies, we now can call him Father. Because he dies for our sins, we're now in the family of God, right? Kirby, you can tell me later if I got that wrong. Don't embarrass me in front of everybody. I want to go to John chapter 20, verse 17. Actually, forgive me, Nick. Will you go back? I'm sorry. I'm not done with this. Okay, our Father, who art in heaven. We're going to break this down line by line. Okay, our Father, we talk about who art in heaven. What that tells you is, is he does not live in this earthly realm, right? And, and the, the heavenly realm trumps the, the earthly realm, okay? That's what we're, we're acknowledging, that he's not of this earth. He is of a greater power, the greatest power, okay? Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> Hallowed. Okay. I've talked about this before, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about this, but, you know, I, I wash the dishes at my house. That's my job, right? I've talked about this a few times from up here. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because every time I do, I get in trouble. She doesn't really like when I talk about this. So, so what I am going to say is this. You know when you're washing the dishes, and, and, and most of the time, you know, you, you, in your kitchen, there's certain cabinets that everything goes in, right? Like my kids, there's a drawer that their plastic bowls and plastic forks and knives and all that kind of stuff goes into, and then there's another drawer for silverware and then there's a cabinet for for the we have white glass like plates they're real pretty you know and and, and you got to put them back there right but then you have the hallowed dishes those holy ones man you know they're tucked away in in the dining room somewhere you know or are they in a in a china cabinet right like like we put their hallowed that's some serious stuff right God forbid you nick one of those washing dishes. I'll tell you what, you better learn how to pray if you do that, okay? So, but what I'm getting at is this, right? Those are, those are holy dishes. I mean, at my house, they're brought out maybe twice a year, right? Like Christmas and 
and, and something else, it's got to be big. I mean, it's got to be. We don't even bring that out, like, for my mother-in-law. That's a big deal, man. You don't bring out nice dishes for your mother-in-law. You know, so, guys, hallowed would be the name. Holy. Above everything else. You put it on a pedestal. And that's what we're saying to God here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In other words, God, what can I do for you today? That's how you start your prayers, guys. Father, I love you. I acknowledge that you're a bigger power and a greater power. You're the greatest power. I stand at your holy name. What can I do for you today? Don't, guys, don't start your prayer with what you need. You start your prayer with what God needs that day. Ask him, God, how can you use me today? Show me what I need to do to build your kingdom. And warriors, when you ask him that question, be prepared. Be prepared. On earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now, let's go to John chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus says, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. I was talking about that earlier. Again, this was after Jesus rose from the dead. He had to die in order for us to call him our Father. Proof in the pudding. I want to go to part two of this. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, this is what I need. You start with, what do you need me to do? You show me. Give me the direction. You come second. Understood? You and your family come second then you tell him give us this day our daily bread God thank you for what you've given me praise him God continue to prosper my family so we can continue to grow your kingdom just a few choice words that I use but then I love this next part as we forgive those who trespass against us now you are asking for forgiveness here okay that's okay. Repent. We should always repent. Now, I need y'all to understand something. Again, some of you Baptists ain't going to like this. When Jesus died on that cross, he died for all of our sins, correct? Should you ask him for forgiveness of your sin? Thank you. Repentance and asking for forgiveness of sin are different. Repentance is, is you tell God, God, I screwed up, and I'm going to do better. I'm going to step up. I'm going to fight harder. I'm going to be a better person. Guys, do not name off every sin you committed that day. And by the way, don't do that because, goodness, that would make you sick at your stomach. Not only that, but you, you ain't, it ain't paper long enough, okay? So, so what I'm getting at, don't, don't talk about all the things that you did and ask him for forgiveness. He's already forgiven you. He sent his son to die on the cross for that very purpose. It's almost like a slap in the face. We as Christians should know that. Again, repentance is different. You repent to God. God, I screwed up. I'm going to do better. 
God, I screwed up here. Help me. Show me how I can do better. That's true repentance. That's that heart check we preached about a few weeks ago, right? Y'all remember that? That sermon hurt, by the way. Like, it hurt bad. I went back and listened to that sermon. It hurt. We forgive those who trespass against us. So now you're praying for others. Who in here prays for the people that trespass against them? Come on now. Mm-hmm. There ain't a lot of hands showing up. That's okay. That's all right. I saw a few. I love y'all. Y'all the good Christians. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Guys, if you want your prayer life to go from here to the ceiling, break it down structurally, just how Jesus said we should pray. Start with him. Go to you. Pray for the ones that hurt you. Pray for the... I challenge you. Pray for the person that it's hardest to pray for, that you can think of right now. I can't stand that person. I don't like that person. I won't pray for them. They hurt my heart. Why don't I want to pray for them? They hurt my family. They hurt my business. They stole from me. They took my money. You know, they, they grabbed and ran two bridal pieces out of my store. That's okay, guys. Pray for them. Pray for them. You want to see your life change? Pray for the people that it hurts to pray for. That check your heart. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, God, lead, guide, and direct us. Lead, guide, and direct. Show me where to go. Show me the path. Let me follow you. Part three. You're going to go back to God. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You're praising him at the end. You see what I'm getting at? Part one, God, what do you need me to do? Part two, God, this is where I need help. I've messed up. I'm a sinner. I screw up all the time. This person over here hurt my heart, but I love them. I'm going to pray for them too, God. You give them peace, love, and joy. Prosper them as well, God. And you know what, guys? Be honest with him. I do this all the time. I'll pray for somebody. I don't pray for that. Guys, I'll tell him, God, this person, it's hard for me to pray for this person. But I'm going to do it because you told me to. Nothing wrong with that. First of all, he knows. You don't think he knows that it's hard for you to pray for that person? He is all-knowing. So just speak it. Tell him. He's the one, he's the one person that you can't hide anything from. So speak it. Tell him the truth. I tell him all the time, man, it's hard. God, I can't, ooh, God, give me, help me to pray for this person because I'm struggling with it. I lost my train of thought. Okay, so yeah, you pray for those people, so forth. Okay, then you go on to praising him at the end. You praise him. By the way, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, in, in, in Psalms, it says to wake up praising God. Yes, you should. Every morning when you wake up, God, thank you for the breath that you just gave me. Thank you for my family. Thank, praise him. This is for what you pray. Don't get them mixed up. Understood? Because I can see y'all right now. You're like, Micah, you told me a few weeks ago to praise him first thing when I wake up. Now you're telling me to praise him at the end of my prayer. These are different, guys. Number one, you should praise him all day. Every step you take, you should be praising him, Right? 
Thank you. This is, he's, this is structure of prayer, okay? I do want to point out one word, and that's thine. How many of you guys have read this and do not even know what thine is? Come on now. Listen, I'm not, the, thank you. I'm not the only one with a Cass County education that doesn't know what thine is because I've never had a teacher in my life say thine. Never. And, it, and a lot of y'all are lying that didn't raise your hand, okay? So, so thine, I, I looked it up, meaning it, it belongs to, it is ownership of. In other words, so you're recognizing here not only that his kingdom is above all and it's heavenly, but you're also saying this is yours. All of what is created, the entire kingdom, it's yours. You're praising him in that moment, right? From now on, I'm going to start saying thine to all of y'all. Like, I'm going to find a way in a sentence to say it to you guys. Okay, now that we know the outline of how God wants us to pray, I want to discuss praying effectively. Before I do that, I do want to start with something. I got, yeah, I got time. Y'all got to hear this. Okay, so, so, you know, I'm telling you guys to pray, and you start out with God, what do you want? Okay, I have a question to ask you guys. How many of you in here have been snow skiing before? Raise your hands. I need a show of hands. Who's been saying, why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I don't understand. That is not vacation, okay? I've been one time in my life and had a near-death experience, okay? I don't understand. Listen, y'all know how I feel about vacation, right? I've talked about it up here. I like to go to the beach. You know, y'all have heard me. You know, I want my Bible in one hand. I want my beer in the other. And I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot ski down a hill with a Bible in one hand and a beer in the other. It's impossible. <laughs> That's vacation. That, what y'all are doing is not vacation. I don't understand why you put yourself... Hang on. Okay, so I'm going to start with this. Okay, so I go on this trip. I go snow skiing. God love my in-laws. They, they, go, they used to go every year. My wife and they used to go every year. They're great at it so forth. Okay, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm a decent athlete, okay? Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the greatest athlete in the world. I'm not the most athletic person, but I'm a... <laughs> Security. I did, you know, I, but I'm decent, right? Like, I'm a pretty good athlete. So, so I'm thinking, man, this, go, this no skiing thing, this ain't nothing. Man, listen, if this guy can do it and this guy, I mean, I'm looking at some very unathletic people, and I'm like, Psh, I can do it, right? So we go, and we go on these bunny slope things, okay? First of all, I don't know why they call them the bunny slopes. It's still like this, okay? That's not fun, right? So I'm busting it like every five seconds and trying to get up, and I got to ski in my ear. I got to take it out and get it back on and so forth. So then all of a sudden, I start getting down this bunny slope pretty good, right? Like, I'm, I, got, I got the hang of this. I can handle this. So Amanda, my, my beautiful, amazing, talented, successful, merciful wife, she says, I think you're ready to go up to the next slope. And, you know, I'm full of, you know, testosterone. I'm like, yeah, I got this. So we load up in this thing. What's that thing called? Carries you up? It's called what? Yeah. It's called fear, okay? <laughs> so I get on this thing, and when I get on it, my feet are touching the ground, right? Well, after it travels about 20 or 30 yards, there's no ground. I mean, there is, but it's like 100 feet. I'm deathly scared of heights, okay? So I'm literally, oh, another thing, man. You know how you see them in the movies where they're all enclosed? Yeah, that didn't happen. You know how you see in the movies, got that deal comes over you? Yeah, that didn't happen either. So I'm sitting on this chair, floating 100 feet in the air, with my wife next to me, who's like singing and everything's okay. And 
I got this bar with my skis, and I'm, I'm not letting it go, okay? Like, like, I didn't have to work out that day. My, my workout was right there. It's clinging to it, right? So my wife all of a sudden looks at me, and she says, are you okay? Really? I mean, I seriously looked at her. I was like, sweetheart, what were you thinking? Like, you know I'm scared of heights. And by the way, that's not what I said. Your pastor said some words that I can't repeat in church. I was not very happy. I don't cuss at my wife, okay? I wasn't cussing at her. I was cussing about the situation. I was not very happy. And, and it wasn't a bad word. I mean, it wasn't a terrible word. But anyway, I'm going to get away from that. There was a few words. So, so, so my wife, she starts laughing. And I'm like, this ain't funny. And she said, look at your kids. And I'm, I'm trying to turn around. I'm scared, right? So I'm like holding here, and I'm trying to peek back. My kids are behind me in the next one. And they're kicking their feet, and they're hollering and everything else. And I'm like, sweetheart, we got to get them off. They're going to die. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the top of this, this hill. Okay, I call it a baby mountain, by the way. This is not a hill. Again, it's like this, right? So we get up there, and, 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 and I'm trying to get off. What's that thing called again? Whatever. Fear. And I bust it getting off. So I, I bust it, right? So, so this guy is standing there, and, and he's yelling at me. Like, you need to get out of the way. It's going to, you know, you're causing everybody to back up. And I looked at him, and I had that ski in my hand. <laughs> and I told him, I said, not today. You don't, uh-uh, not today. He kind of backed off. So then I get my skis on, and I start down the hill, right? And they tell you to pizza. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you turn your feet in like this. You, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, I, please tell me they didn't lie to me. Like, somebody in here knows what a pizza is, right? So they say that's supposed to slow you down. Yeah, they lied. Like, I'm humming it down this hill. And I hear them, pizza, pizza. I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, I'm trying to pizza. All of a sudden, there's this little girl about that tall who's just flipping around, doing all this stuff in front of me. It made me mad. So, and she gets right in front of me, and she slows down. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm finna take this kid out, right? So instead of taking the kid out, right, I, I, I literally plant my ski and just take a fall. Okay, it hurt. So, so I fall, and I'm tumbling, and, and I get up, and I got one ski on, and, and the other ski's over here. I'm surprised he didn't, like, stab me in the side. So I get it, and I put it on, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, I don't care what it takes. I ain't really worried about building your kingdom right now. You got to get me down this hill in one piece. I can't build your kingdom unless I live. Okay? So I put my skis back on. I got faith. Like, God going to get me down this hill, right? Like, I'm going to get down this hill. So I'm pizzaing again. And I'm humming. And the next thing I know is it's picking up. Speed's getting faster. And I'm seeing the bottom of the hill. And another dang kid <laughs> comes out in front of me. And this one's a little boy. And I'm thinking, well, he's a boy. He'll be all right. Like, I can toughen him up. <laughs> But right before I get there, God humbles me, and he's like, no, you got to take a fall. You got to take a fall. I'm like, God, you told me you'd get me down this hill. He said, no, I didn't. <laughs> so I plant again and, and, and tumble, and this time I remember the back of my foot <laughs> hitting the back of my head. So this time I get up, and I'm seeing stars. And I, and I turn around, and, and there's my wife, and she's laughing. It's a near-death experience. I can't even find my skis. I just walk down the hill. I'm done. I'm done. You people that go skiing are crazy. Like, seriously, go to the beach. That's too much work. Go enjoy yourselves. Amen?
thank you very much. I'm off that. But anyway, that's, that's the only time that, that I prayed for myself beforehand, okay? And in those moments, I think he understands. I'm going to say I think he understands. Near-death experience, he understands. I lost my place. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so uh, now that we know the outline uh, of how God wants us to pray, we need to discuss how to pray effectively. You know, like, guys, now I lay me down to sleep. That's not an effective prayer, right? I mean, that's just not how it works. An effective prayer is a focused prayer. I'm going to say that again. An effective prayer is a focused prayer. You're going to battle. Don't walk in there half-hearted. Don't walk in there half-focused. You're going to lose. Amen? Focus. You better give God all you have in that prayer moment because he's trying to teach you. He's trying to give you a guideline. He's trying to give you the guideline of how to win the battle. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Jesus is trying to tell you guys to get along with your Father. This is in red. We all know what that means. Talk to him like your father. Don't talk to him like he's above and beyond you. He is, but that's not how he wants you to talk. That's how humble our God is. You're not going to go to your father and say, Dad, man, I, I messed up. I had all these sins. First of all, you ain't going to tell your dad about all the things you did wrong, right? Like, that's, that's not good. That's the great thing about a heavenly father compared to an earthly father. An earthly father is going to act a lot of times in an earthly way and smack you upside the head when you start talking about all the sins you've committed. Our God, on the other hand, much more graceful and merciful. But talk to him like he's your father. You're not going to go to your dad and say, Oh, holy father, I have sinned. So why do you talk to God like that? Don't do that. That's your father. Talk to him just like you're having a conversation with your own dad. Understood? If you don't have a strong prayer relationship with God in private, you sure as heck ain't going to have one in public. Y'all need to remember that. Our job is to be warriors in public. If you want a strong prayer relationship and be an effective prayer in public, you better get it right in private. Understood? Start with that. The book of James also lays out the outline of not only an effective prayer, but also when to pray. I want to read this to you guys, and then we'll get into closing. I'm going to go to James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Somebody say Amen. When you get there, now y'all didn't get there that fast. You are lying to me. I got it marked and couldn't get there that fast. 
Y'all there? Amen. Are any of you suffering hardships? Anybody suffering hardships today? Raise your hand. Some of y'all lying. Are any of you happy? So all of you didn't raise your hand. You're happy. Guess what it tells you to do? You should sing praises. Start singing. You didn't raise your hand. I better hear your voice. Yeah, you got humbled there, didn't you? Are any of you sick? You should call to the elders of the church. Have them come pray for you. Anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. We've discussed this. Y'all bear with me. I'm getting somewhere. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces effective results. Before I go any further, I want to say something to you guys in a different translation of the Bible. I believe it's the NIV, and forgive me, I, I don't remember offhand. But where my Bible, which is the New Living Translation, it says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. The NIV I love so much better says you must pray. Must pray. i tell you how much I like that. I literally marked it out in my Bible and put must. I don't own an NIV Bible. But here's the thing I love about our God. God wanted us to understand his word. That's why we don't all have to read the old biblical Bibles. He's broken it down for us, what I call reducing to the ridiculous, so we can understand it. We must pray if we're facing hardships. Not you should, not you should think about it, not uh, maybe, you must pray. Even when you don't think you need to, guys, if you're suffering any hardship, you must pray. I'm going to tell you why. It's not just you that's being affected. There's others. Don't be selfish. If you're struggling with something, don't think, I got this, I can handle it. You must pray. Take it to God. I'm going to continue at verse 16. Oh, I'm sorry, I already read verse 16. Verse 17, Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky went down, rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. James is showing you what an effective prayer is. I don't have time today. I'd like to go back and read to you guys the story of Elijah and when he prayed for rain, but I'm going to break it to you this way. Years ago, there's a town. They were suffering. It was a drought. They needed rain. The women of the church decided to go out and pray for rain, so they did for days. Sang praises, prayed for rain, claiming it. No rain. The women walked back in the church. The men say, oh, I got this. I'll go get it to rain. God will listen to me. I'm a mighty man, right? Stupid. Anyway, they go, 
and they're praying and they're claiming and they're praying for rain doesn't come just days go by they go back in the church this little boy little seven year old walks outside starts to pray for rain pours down you know what the difference was he had an umbrella yeah when you pray for rain you better bring an umbrella Elijah's trying to tell y'all this as well excuse me James is when he's talking about Elijah don't just pray for something again guys be focused on it mentally visualize the victory and then claim it and then expect it amen that's how you pray don't say a half-hearted prayer our God's not a half-hearted God why would you do that you got to stand up guys whatever you're praying for take it to another level my thought process when I pray is I'm not praying hard enough I think that all the time the harder you think of praying the better it's going to be and the more God's going to love it and then Jesus said just a minute ago that he'll hear them he'll answer them he'll bless you amen again don't do it for that though guys do it for the others do it for God do it for building the kingdom he'll bless you understood I get the praise and worship team to come up everybody else grab a pen and paper got something I want y'all to write down guys God wants to hear from his children that's how he looks at us he wants to build a relationship with his children he wants you to trust him in that relationship he wants to hear from you he does not want you to talk to him again like the almighty he is we acknowledge that but he wants you to speak to him like a father you've earned that by becoming a child of God y'all following me there write this down don't pray to inform God pray to involve God how many times do we do that how many times do we pray to inform him about our problems instead of involving him in our problems I'm guilty I was guilty last week and the week before that and the week before that and the week before that we're going to struggle that's okay but guys we need to recognize it quicker because again understand that when you pray there are more people involved it's not always about you there are people around you that are going to be affected by the prayers that you pray it's very important that you recognize that
God just wants you to love him. He's telling me he's tired of not having that relationship with his children. Guys, I'm begging you from here forward, you want to you wanna warrior pray? Concentrate on your relationship when you pray. Concentrate on that relationship with God. Block everything else out. The anxiety, the pain, the suffering, everything that you may be going through, start your prayer about Him. And throughout the prayer, again, talk to Him like He's your own Father, guys. Build that relationship. That's what He really wants. He's telling me, somebody's, many of us, I'm guilty of it myself. I try to concentrate more on what I need instead of the relationship. Show him love, guys. Show him love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you. I thank you again for the day that you've given us today. It's a beautiful day outside. God, I ask that you show every person in this room how blessed they are today. Touch their hearts. Show men and women with families, how great today is. I ask that you give them moments today that they can spend with their children that they'll recognize and they'll take advantage of. God, for those that don't have children, I ask that you give them and show them recognition of your peace. God, most importantly, I just want to thank you for the relationship. I am so humbled that you would listen to anything I had to say. As, as much as I've let you down, I thank you for giving me a second, third, fourth, and a million chances. God, I ask that you again continue to show this church what we can do to be your hands and feet. God, give us direction. I want to be a part of your movement, God, so bad. I know sometimes I may not act like it. I know sometimes I may doubt. But God, I promise you, I want to help you in every possible way I can with every breath I have, with every ounce of what I am. I want to help you, God, and I want this church to feel even stronger about it than I do. I ask that today, God, that by you giving me this word to show the structure of prayer, that we take it, what your son taught us, how to pray, and that we use it throughout our daily lives from here forward. And God, you just reminded me we have got to humble ourselves Spend time on our knees. Warrior pray. Thank you, God. I love you. I praise you. Thank you again for health. Help us to love. Help us to laugh. Help us forgive. Amen.